y'all ready for this? Maybe, somewhat, all right. Um, ma'am, there's not, um, we'll, we'll, we'll maybe, maybe next week we'll sprinkle, well, next week will be family night, so there won't be any outline next week. Um, there is some things that you can write down tonight, though, that I just, uh, just to be perfectly honest with you, um, just didn't have time to, just didn't have time to make an outline. Um, so, but there, there is some things that I think, uh, tonight, <clears throat> there are some things tonight that I think that we could, uh, that would be really beneficial, uh, for us. I know they're really beneficial for me. Uh, a lot of things I'm going to talk to you about tonight are, are, uh, are personal, are personal things, uh, for me that I've, that I've really, uh, it's taken a long time, I guess, to acquire in my own heart some of the things I'm going to talk about tonight. Um, but but I will say everything that I'm going to say tonight uh, is is 100. How many of you understand that there's some things that you prove out in your own life that are true uh, before you ever start believing the Bible that already said they was true? Does that make sense? There's a lot. There's some things that you are that you prove out in your own life, and then you figure out later on. Well, oh man, I didn't know it was in the Bible. Okay, uh, not saying that that's one of these things, but I, I will say tonight, we're, we're going to be in Philippians chapter 2, um, and, and I will say tonight that there's a good chance, um, that there's a good chance that a lot of what we're going to talk about tonight, you're either, you, you've either already seen this to be true, or you're going to find out later on in life that this is a true thing, and, and so we're we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, where can I find joy? Uh, where can I find joy? And so we've been in that whole in this uh, Philippians chapter number one, and the whole theme of Philippians one has been uh, this idea of joy coming through the gospel and the gospel of Jesus Christ bringing me joy. And and last week we looked at uh, that joy is a is a gospel centered perspective. And then uh, we talked about joy being found in understanding our purpose in life and joy being found when I know uh, that Christ is magnified in my life, that Christ is magnified uh, in my death. And then uh, last week, though, we dealt with with two different uh, ideas. One was don't get divided and then don't get scared. Uh, Don't get divided and then don't get scared. And then so this week... Uh, we're gonna we're gonna make you to Philippians chapter number two, and I, I'm not real sure what what created this idea to go into uh, Philippians like I did. It was just kind of a supposed to be a one-off message, and then uh, turning into a little bit more than that. Uh, but Philippians chapter number two. Let's let's read the first four verses, and and then we'll we'll jump into some of that, and um, and we'll we'll pray after we read these verses. All right. If there be any consolation, uh, excuse me, if there be, therefore be any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, let nothing be done, uh, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each other esteem uh, other better than themselves. Let not every man look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let's pray. Uh, Lord, I, I pray, uh, God, that you bless tonight. I pray, God, that you're honored by what's being said. God, that you help us, Lord, to develop a mindset uh, to where we understand that joy overflows in our heart. Uh, when our perspective is set right. God, we, we looked and, and seen how that the gospel is, it's true that the gospel brings joy to our life. Uh, there's, there's gospel-centered fellowship. There's, uh, there's the idea that I can have joy in death and that I can have joy in life. And all of that stems uh, from the fact, God, that the gospel is the center of my life. And God, that's what changed my life and that's what gives me hope. 
uh, that's what that's where my joy comes from and God that's that's what our joy comes from and uh, Lord tonight I, I pray as we take a deeper look into joy and we see God that there is actually a lot of joy to be had when we take the spotlight off of our lives and we put it on other people and God we start centering our attention in on others and so God I pray tonight uh, Lord, that you bless it. I pray, God, that you help us. And I pray, God, that you, you make it plain uh, what, we, what we need to see in our own lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So the very first uh, word, uh, the very first, you know, we get to the first, uh, fourth word in uh, Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 1. He said, if there, uh, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ. And, and you know, I, I want to make sure that we understand when we look back at we look we can look back at verses twenty seven through thirty and Paul's given the Corinthian church I mean uh, this church at Philippi a real good understanding on how to stand strong we we dealt with that last week don't get scared uh, how to stand strong against the the external conflicts in life how to stand strong against the external conflicts within the body of Christ and 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 then. Uh, this week, though, we're, we're going to look a little deeper in how do we stand and how do we act against internal conflicts. How do we, how do we stand in such a way and how do we work and how do we abide with each other and how do we minister with each other with, with the idea that we combat against internal conflicts that could bring strife and could bring disunity to the body of Christ. So I want us to... I want us to look. Uh, I, I want us to look at the verse. Uh, ver, verse number. Uh, verse. Go to verse. Let's read verse one and two again. If there be any, uh, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, here it is. Fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Now, I, I wrote the. I wrote a couple of things down. If you want to write this down, you can. Can I really find joy in putting other in putting other people's joy first? Can I really find joy in putting other people's joy first? So that's that's kind of that's kind of the question that I that I asked my own self. Can can I find joy in putting other others in my life and their joy before mine? Because that's what's in place. That's what the Apostle Paul is encouraging. And, and so when I say that, I, I want to make sure that you understand, uh, bringing, a, bringing myself into a position to where I put others' joy first brings me to a place of unity with Jesus Christ. So, so when, when I put others' joy first, now, now, now here it is, we're, we've been told, Paul gives us this idea here that we're to prioritize other people's joy, the joy of someone else. When you prioritize that, there is the, there's going to be the place that you find joy. Now it's super weird. It, it's really weird when, 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 you, when you boil all of this down, you think, man, there's no way that I could prioritize somebody else's joy in life and, and me still find joy. That's a hard one to kind of swallow. Why? Well, because the world has, has bred us to believe that the way to happiness is to, for us to find joy, that we have to have joy first. Well, now, here's, here's what I want you to understand. You can't manufacture this joy by doing something for somebody else. I know people that are people pleasers and they're extremely miserable people. I know plenty of people. I know people that want to please people, but they find no joy in pleasing people because it ends up causing them heartache. Anybody ever been there before? I mean, you're like you're over here being a people pleaser, and you you know that you are, but you don't know you you don't understand maybe that you're doing it for the wrong reason or the wrong intent. Does that make sense? And, and so I want to make sure you understand: you'll only find joy. This joy is not manufactured by doing something for somebody else. And well, what is joy? Well, it's a manufactured product of the Holy Ghost. 
You see, this joy is something that comes out of you because the Holy Ghost is doing something inside of you. The Spirit of God is working inside of you. Does that make sense? Okay. Uh, joy is a product of the Spirit of God. And when I am prioritizing others' joy over my own, it's a work of the Holy Ghost. And when it's done with the Spirit that it's intended to be done, well, guess what it produces in my life? Anybody know? Starts with a J and ends with a Y. Got a big old zero right in the middle of it. Joy, that's what it produces in my life. Now, now I want to say this. The other side of the coin is true too. The more you prioritize, and, and I want you to think about this with me. The more you prioritize yourself, and the more you reach for your own happiness and your own satisfaction, actually the more miserable you seem to be. Like, like the hardest times in my life is when I can't get my mind off myself. When I can't keep from focusing on me and how, how I need to get my own happiness and how I need to prioritize myself. Those are the most miserable times in my life. Why? Well, because there's, there's a reason. I'm not supposed to be fixated on me all the time. I'm, I'm not supposed to be fixated on me and all, all of my... Why? Well, here's, I will say this. Society has proved and culture has proved the Bible true without even knowing it. Those that seem the, those that seem the one, the, those that seem to have it all, you know what? Most times, they're the most miserable people around. The people that have them, nine times out of ten, I'm not saying it's in all the cases, but nine times out of ten, the people that seem to have it all, and they have the most money, and they have this, and they have that, usually they're the most miserable people around. It's usually the ones that are always trying to put themselves in a position to where they can let God use them to bring joy into somebody else's life. They're usually the happiest people. They're usually the most joyous people. They're usually the people, you know what, that you're, you're not going to find complaining a whole lot. Paul says, fulfill ye my joy. Fulfill ye my joy. Hey, I, I, I want you to fulfill ye my that. So Paul is speaking of a personal request. And, and part of the reason <clears throat> that Paul wanted the the church at Philippi to take heed to, to his words was because they should, they, he wanted them to know what would make the Apostle Paul happy. So it would bring great joy to my heart if you did this. Now, now but this joy that Paul was talking about being filled with in his own life, you gotta look at, you gotta look at something and you gotta take a deep look into it. This joy that Paul was looking for to, to be filled in his own life, it couldn't happen unless verse 1 was in the Bible. So, so, so you, you, couldn't, you couldn't have joy in fulfilling other people's joy unless verse 1 is real in your life. Now, this is, what you, this, is, this is a huge deal. This is what me and you've got to nail down tonight. Can I bring joy into other people's life because of this idea that's taking place in verse number one? Now, now I, I want to say you'll never, you'll never be happy, you'll never be happy giving, giving out of your own joy. You'll never be happy making other people first if verse number one ain't a real deal in your life. Now, you can make other people first, you just won't be happy doing it. Because I know a lot of people that do their best to make other people first, but they're not happy doing it. Why are they not happy doing it? Because they don't have a real inner joy that comes from Jesus Christ. And you can't be happy outside of that. You can't be joyful outside of that. Why? Because then you feel like you're getting walked on all the time. Then you puff up with pride after you've been walked on about... About a hundred times you, you say, well, look at me. I, where's mine at? I've been walked on. I've been mistreated. I've been lied about. I've been this. I've been that. I, I'm tired of being the doormat for everybody. 
I, 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 I got I to gotta get mine. And so, so then verse 1 ain't a real thing for you anymore. You say, how do you know all this? Well, I've been through this about a bunch of times. I've been, I've been saved a, a number of years now, and if you hadn't ever felt like you've been used in, in, in the ministry and, and working within the ministry and serving within the ministry, you've never served because the idea of serving in ministry is going to make you feel like a servant at some point. It's just how it goes. So what about verse number one? Well, Paul is Paul is giving us a, a, a fair shot at what we need to understand. He says, look, 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 at, look at verse number one. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if there, be, if there therefore be any, if there therefore be any, so, so, so the introduction and the basis for Paul's, uh, Paul's proclamation to unity, to, for, for his proclamation at humility, for his proclamation of love amongst all the believers at Philippi, it rests on this one phrase, if there be therefore any. Now he's not asking the question because, because he wonders if there's any consolation in Christ. No, there is. How many of you understand? There is consolation in Jesus Christ. We just sometimes won't reconcile that consolation. He's not saying it as if he's asking the question. No, he understands that it's already a thing. That, that we're not, He's not saying, well, if there be... No, no, no. There is. And this is what Paul's trying to get this church to understand. If you want to really... Understand what it means to be like-minded and to have the same love, to be of one accord and to be of one mind. And you're going to have to get verse number one down. If you're going to do it, and, and it's not going to be done through strife or vainglory, and it's going to be done in lowliness of mind, and you're going to esteem each other, you're going to esteem others better than your own self, and you're not going to look on your own things, but you're going to look on uh, on every man, on also on the things of others. Guess what? You got to have verse number one. Like you can't do all of this stuff that you're that you're looking to do and that you're trying to do. And you know what it is? Sometimes we want to do it so bad that we try our best to do it in the flesh, and it never fulfills. It never satisfies. You know. You know that that feeling when you try to do it and 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 it fails. And you just get so upset. You know what that's called? That's called carnal. That's something that you worked up in your flesh that you knew was right to do, but you wasn't doing it. You ready for the right reasons? You can do all the right stuff and do it for the wrong reasons and then be ticked off at the end of the day about it. And that's what I found. That's what I found in my own life. I figured out that the, 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 the motivation for me doing will produce the right outcome. So if I get ticked off about a certain thing that I'm doing, nine times out of ten, it will tell me where my heart was laying in the, in the motivating factor to begin with. So he says if there be any consolation in Christ, if there be any consolation, there's another word uh, translated in your Bible, if there be any comfort, and, and, and it's... This idea of consolation, there's a couple of places we can look. If you want to write these verses down, you can. If you want to flip your Bible, you can. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 5. Again, I'm sorry I didn't have time to get them uh, where they needed to be so you could see them. But Second Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 5. All right, I, I, I want you to pay specific attention to the first part. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us. So our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. So, so for as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, and Paul's talking about experiencing the sufferings of Christ, and as they abound in, in us, as they abound in his life, 
in those that were a part of his missionary journeys. So our consolation also abounded. You ready? Our consolation, our comfort, it also abounded by who? By Christ. So, so the sufferings of, of Jesus Christ, Paul was, was fine with them because the consolation was that Christ abounded in his own life. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and, and verse 16 is another good verse. 2 Thessalonians 2 and verse 16, Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God even our Father which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and, a good, and good hope through grace. You ready? Comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. So he's given us everlasting consolation. Now, Remember, this is a this is a pre and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a little phrase here in a minute that I think is gonna make sense. Uh, this is gonna tie us together, Lord willing. But if there be any, if there therefore be any consolation in Christ, and then He said, if any comfort of love, if any comfort of love. Now, I don't know that we have uh, time to go here, but. Uh, Romans chapter number 8, if you want to write these down, Romans 8, 31 through 39, some of the, the greatest verses on the love of God and the love of Christ. It, 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 you know how it goes in verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And there goes this list in, 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 in tribulation and distress and persecution and famine, nakedness, peril of the sword, I, I, I mean, we, we could go down through there. Nay, all in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. Now, now, what you've got to remember is, is all of these things are a prerequisite of the, the me getting through all these things is understanding that I'm more than a conqueror through Him that what that loved me. So, so when I'm, I'm trying to maintain unity in my life and I'm trying to uh, let this whole thing where I'm putting, I'm putting others first and I'm esteeming others first, I've got to make sure that all of the, hey, I'm, I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me, right? So, so if any comfort of love is in your life, this is the love this is Christ's love to the child of God. Now, I want, I want to give you a quick illustration of that. This is, and, and make sure you get that, this is Christ's love to the child of God. That Romans chapter number 8 business, that's Christ's love. He, you know, he goes on, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, now I want to say this because I, this is the way I feel about Romans 8. This sounds like a passage of a, of a father speaking to a son. Or a father speaking to his daughter. Right? Like I, 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 that's what I, that's, uh, we'll say a good father speaking to his son or a good father speaking to his daughter. There is, there is no landscape that I feel like I wouldn't cross for my, for my kids, okay? Now, I will say that growing up uh, as a dad early on in, in my children's life, it was a little hard for me to love my kids like, like I should have loved my kids. And that's just me on a personal level. And, and, and I'll be honest, the reason behind my but behind that was because I was, I was a little bit uncertain of what love should have looked like to begin with. Love, love was a manipulated term in my life. We, there was a whole lot of people said, I love you, but there wasn't a whole lot of people doing I love you. And so it was a, a little bit of a manipulated kind of term. And, 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 you know, people would call you on the phone, parents call you on the phone, and they would say, I love you, but 
But the, the love was never fulfilled. The word love was never fulfilled. And I want to say this. Love is an action word. It's not a word that, that, is, that can be used. It's an action word. And so it was a little bit hard for me to come to the place to where I knew what love was. Now, this is what I'll say. God taught me how to love my kids by loving me. That's, that's how I learned how to love my own kids. I learned how to love my kids by, by watching God love me through various stages of my life. Now you say, that's kind of weird. Well, that's how, that's how it worked with me. That's the only way I know to explain it. Because I, I, I didn't see what I felt like I, I wished I would have seen. Now I will say the only, there was, a, there was one pure relationship in my life I felt like was pure and unadulterated in love. And that was my granddad. But that, in my own opinion, that didn't last long enough. It lasted long enough to make it an impression. But, but it took Christ loving me for me to figure out how to love my kids. You say, well, that's weird. You should just love your kids. Well, you can say whatever you want to say. You can do whatever you want to do. Here, here's, what I, here's, here's what I will say. Romans 8 sounds a whole lot like a dad loving his son, and a dad loving his daughter. Now, my children are very confident in the fact that I love them. Especially my, my daughters, they're very confident in the fact that I love them. And, and, I, and I say that to say this. When, when they develop the idea that daddy loves them, they don't have to look. And, and look, people can implant the fact that I, they can, they can implant doubts that I love them. But there's no substitute for me being there loving them. And here's what happens. When they know that, there is a certain security that's found in that. When they get unsecure in that love, probably a good chance they're going to find it somewhere else. Here's what Paul's saying to us as the children of God. If you're secure in the love of God for you, you ready? You listen to what I'm saying? You got to get this. If you are secure and you are, you are secure in God's love as, you, as God would love you as a son or a daughter. When you get secure in that, you don't have to look for security anywhere else. You're fine giving other people's, you're fine putting other people's joy first. You know why? Because your joy comes from his comfort and love. The insecurity of your own life revealed in you not putting others' joy first reveals how confident you are and secure you are in His love. It reveals how secure you are in that. I know that's a hard pill for some of us to swallow because we don't want to swallow that pill. We don't want to recognize that we're maybe in an infant stage, even in our own life, of understanding how how confident we are in God's love. The reason that our, 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 our lives struggle putting other people's joy first is it's because our identity is jacked up. Our identity is in, in us giving love to somebody else. That's what most marriages, most marriages, they, they struggle because their identity is in giving love to somebody else. And it ain't got nothing to do with that. The, the love comes out of the overflow of, of you being loved as a son. And you being loved as a daughter. And that's where your identity is found. And that's who you are. And you don't have a problem putting others' joy first. You see, I think if we're not careful, 
we won't ask the question, have I experienced any real comfort of love? I mean, why can't I get over myself? Why can't I get past myself? Why am I always concerned with my rights? Why am I always concerned with my love? Why am I, why am I always concerned with I'm being done right and I'm being done wrong and I'm this and I'm that? Why am I always concerned with who's right and who's wrong if my daddy is giving me the right of Most of us, where we lay our heads down. We lay our heads down a lot of times in the laps of our own fleshly loves. And the ability to give love without actually understanding where that ability to give love comes from. You want to be a good husband, you want to be a good wife, you want to be a good friend, you you want to be a person that's that can bring unity in your church. It's going to be at the expense of understanding that your comfort of love comes from Jesus Christ alone. Look at the next one. He said, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any fellowship of the Spirit, remember, all of this verse number 2 hinges on these little phrases. If any fellowship of the Spirit, look at, look at uh, or you can listen, I'm sorry. Colossians 1 and verse 9. God is faithful by whom you were called under the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now when, you look, look in, when you're looking in, uh, in, Gal- in uh, Philippians chapter 2, and in verse number 1, he says, If any fellowship of the Spirit, that's a capital S there, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. If any fellowship of the Spirit. So I fellowship with the Spirit of God. And when I fellowship with the Spirit of God that has made me alive, guess what? You ready? I don't have to find a I don't have to find a, a bunch of joy in other places. I don't have to find joy in, in money. And I, I did that for years. I, I found joy in money. I found joy in the money things can buy. And, and man, when, when all of that disappears, when it finally, when God finally rings it out of you, and God finally rings out all of the stuff that He's been trying to get out of you, all the things that you found joy in, when He, fi- when he finally rings that out of you and you've been broke three different times, so broke you couldn't pay attention. And you're like, man, I was happier when I was broke. Like you was broke and, and, and you were sad you were broke to come to the conclusion that, hey, I'm broke. I might as well live like a broke person. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I ain't got no, I, I, don't, I don't have any money. I might as well live like I don't have no money. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to dial my budget back to a place that, that I can live within the means of, of what I have. And you know what? When you get happy there, when you, get, when you get there and you can be at a place to where you're grateful, I think God can start to bless you. Uh, look, look at Galatians chapter 4. Look at Galatians chapter 4 and verse 5. To redeem them that are under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth His Spirit, uh, sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, "Abba, Father." So, so make sure, make sure, verse 7 says it like this, Wherefore, thou art no more a servant but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Now, the big deal is that God sent forth His Spirit, uh, the Spirit of His Son, into your heart, into my heart, into our hearts, and we cry Abba. That word Abba is just, it's our word for dad. It's our word for daddy. And when we fellowship with the Spirit, and it's real fellowship, 
Well, we cry out to our to our daddy. The biggest problem, and I, 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 I this this whole thing, if you're not careful, to turn into a to turn into some of the biggest problems in America being that a lot of our children are not finding any identity in their fathers. I don't know I don't know if you know this or not, but it's the way it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be. And one of the greatest downfalls in America is that the father has diminished in the child's life. And they don't find, when they don't find their identity in their dad, they start doing crazy things. You know what? When the child of God doesn't find his or her identity in her dad, they start doing crazy things. Now, look, look, look at this last one. Look at this last one. Uh, if, if any bowels and mercies, I'm just waiting for the day that old Hutt makes it to that one. Because that that'll be an interesting conversation. Um, so let, let me let me take this verse, write this verse, maybe in your Bible somewhere. Second Corinthians seven and verse fifteen. So I can kind of give you a context of where this word uh, is has been translated in other places. Second Corinthians seven and verse fifteen, and his inward affection is more abundant toward you now. This word inward affection uh, is translated in other places in your Bible as bowels. Okay? Um, in, in, when, when you look at it in, in the Greek, and we don't look at Greek a whole lot because we're English and, uh, and we have an English Bible. Uh, but when you look at it in the Greek, it's translated, it looks like spleen. It, it, it's like S-P-E-N. S-P-L-E-N. And, 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 you know, uh, what, what is God trying to convey here? Well, there's a real good chance that God's trying to convey that there is something deep on the inside that God has towards us. He said, if any bowels and mercies, uh, Ephesians 2 verse 4, who, uh, but God who is rich in mercy. God who is rich in mercy. Now, uh, how many of you understand that God is rich in mercy? It's not just a little bit, but God is deep in mercy. There is a deep mercy uh, that God has given towards us. Amen. Um, now, now, I, I, now, all of that, all, all of that to say, um, there's there's a real good chance. I, I read this phrase and I thought, um, I thought, man, what what a, what a great phrase. Um, I'm going to read verse 1 and then I'm going to read you this phrase. If there be any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies. It's almost as if Paul could have just said, if, if water was wet, if fire is hot, if rocks are hard, Fulfill you my joy. It's not as though those things could be or that those things might be. It's that those things are. Just as water's wet, if, if any consolation in Christ. Just as fire is hot, if, if, if any comfort of love. Just as rocks are hard, if any fellowship of the Spirit. Those, those are absolutes, right? We know rocks are hard. Most rocks are hard, right? 
We know that rocks are hard. We know that fire is hot. We know that water is wet. And so he's not saying it, it, it might be a thing that these things are. No, they are absolutely, they are. And he's saying because of this, you ready? Get, get this, as a child of God, you have been enabled. You now have been enabled to fulfill someone else's joy. Because of verse number one, you have the ability to fulfill someone else's joy. And he says, so fulfill ye my joy. Fulfill ye my joy. Well, what is, what is the joy of the Apostle Paul? Now, now, I think it's interesting to, to see this. Uh, in verse number 2, he says that you fulfill, uh, he said, fulfill you my joy that you be like-minded. Now, when we're, we're dealing with this idea of being like-minded, we're not actually talking about being like-minded with the Apostle Paul. We're not actually talking about being necessarily like-minded Although that is a thing we should be with, uh, with, with, the, the, uh, with everybody else in the church. He's talking about in reference to verse number 1. That you be like-minded with Christ. That that should be where your mind is like. And when you do that, you ready? Having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. So I, I, I'm, I'm not only, when I do that, I'm not only unified with Christ now, I, but I'm fulfilling the joy of the Apostle Paul. I'm fulfilling, the, the joy, I'm fulfilling someone else's joy. I'm like-minded with Christ. Not only then am I like-minded with Christ, but I'm unified. I'm unified with Christ, but I'm then unified with my brothers and sisters. It says being of, of one accord and of one mind. Being of one accord... And of one mind. So you're telling me that 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 you, you you're telling me that I can find joy in putting other people's joy first. Well, I'm telling you that's what that's what Paul says. You know why I need to put other people's joy first? Because I'm a self-monster. Because I'm a me-monster. And because myself is a monster. Really, really you're, you don't even know it. But you got more monstrous potential than you could ever imagine. Greatest thing ever happened to us in this, this, this dispensation is that we've been sealed with the Spirit of God unto the day of redemption. And the worst thing that ever happened to us in this dispensation is that we were sealed with the Spirit of God unto the day of redemption. Because in actuality, you can do some monstrous, some monstrous stuff as a saved person. You can grieve the Holy Spirit and you can do some wicked stuff. You can get involved in all kinds of illicit activities. But let's make sure we don't, we don't classify those things to just, to, to just things that are done outside of the body. You can be so bitter and so mad and so filled with wrath and anger and jealousy and resentment. And your flesh can revel in that. And what it is, it's a garbage can that can never be filled. And we get so self-absorbed that we never find any real joy. Why? Because self absorbs everything. Yourself absorbs everything. Why? Because it's a monster. It's like that. It's a constant garbage can that can never be filled. Give me more. Give me more. Give me more. Just keep giving me more. Why? Because it's, it's a thing that can never be satisfied. 
You can give the, you can give the flesh all it wants, and all it's going to want is more. There's never, been a, there's never been a man or a woman that left a relationship because they couldn't be fulfilled in any kind of intimate way that went and found the relationship that they were looking for. Never happened. Why? Because it was carnal, it was lust, it was lust filled to begin with. It never happens. We got to be careful. We got to be real careful that we in this room, and, and I'm not even going to get to the second point. We'll end early if we have to, but we'll hit number two next week. Or week after, sometime. I'll give it to you and then we'll hit it. You mean, you mean just give it to you? It's a good one. Look in the verse 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness, you ready? Lowliness of mind. Let each esteem other better, better than themselves. So then we would ask the question, not only can I find joy, number of first question we ask, can I find joy in, 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 in putting other people's joy first? But can I find joy in seeing other people's worth? And not only that, can they be worth more than I am? And can I find joy in the fact that they're worth more than I am? This idea of calculating worth and seeing great value in other people. This is what Paul's, this is what Paul's alluding to. In lowliness of mind, that I'm esteeming, I'm esteeming eat, I, I, I'm, I'm esteeming others better than my own self. And here's what happens. When I do that, when I, when I esteem, when I estimate others better than myself, guess what? This idea of doing stuff with strife in your heart and doing things for vainglory, it all flies out the stinking window. There is no more of that. That's all gone. That's all been, that's bygones, man. We, we don't have to worry about that, about strife and vainglory. Why? Because we're too busy finding, we're too busy getting our joy from finding worth in other people. We're, we're esteeming others better than ourselves. Now look, there'll be a time in life to where you know, if you're if you're if you're going to be one of them that plays the card on the other side, <laughs> that says, "Hey, look, uh, you know what the Bible says? You you know you don't get a pass, and you don't get to be uh you don't get to be a slothful Christian, and everybody in the room cater to you. Well, you know what the and you use the well, you know what the Bible says. You got to esteem me better than yourself. Then you don't get to use that, right?" Right, yeah, we, we're going to be sober in this thing. But Paul said that there was joy. That the, there is actual Holy Ghost derived joy from finding worth in other people. That's why the idea of, of discipleship is such a crucial thing here. That's why this idea of discipleship is such a big deal here. Why? Because you're always looking for worth in other people to hand off what needs to be handed off. So you're 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 all the time you're all the time trying to find that in somebody else so you can hand that but then it's just, it, it takes the spotlight off you it takes the spotlight off of you and and look you you can't you can't fake this thing either you can't fake it and, and we'll look next week and I'll I'll show you how I'll show you how I'll show you how some people fake it. 
And I'll show you how the Apostle Paul made it true. I'll show you how people fake it, and then I'll show you how the Apostle Paul made it true. There is a way to fake some humility there to where you think that you're esteeming others better than yourself. And, 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 and it's carnal. And really what it is, is it is going to create vainglory when you esteem others better than yourself. You actually turn it back around and you get, you get glory out of it. Well, how do I not? We'll see that next week. Let's, let's pray tonight. And um, we don't have time to jump into all that. So let's pray tonight. And, and let's, hey, why don't you ask God where you're at? Hey, Lord, is there some joy that I'm missing out on because I won't be diligent in some things that I need to be diligent in and, and, and God producing this joy in my life? Let's pray. Lord, uh, thank you for tonight. Uh, thank you for being faithful, most of all. Thank you for being good to us and, Lord, giving us uh, a place, Lord, that we can come and that we can gather, Lord, that we can hear the Word of God preached. Uh, Lord, I'm, I'm thankful, uh, God, that we don't have to uh, do a whole lot to please people. But, God, that, uh, Lord, you're faithful to us and, and, God, that the Word of God is enough for us. Lord, I, I pray that you help us tonight as we ask those questions. Lord, can, can I find joy and put other people's joy first? And, and, and Lord, can, can I find joy in finding worth in other people? Lord, I, I pray, God, that you help us. I pray, God, that you, Lord, help us to see the need. God, create a desire in our heart. To be filled with an, with a with a joy that only comes from the Spirit of God working in a heart that's submitted to you. Lord bless tonight, bless what's done and what's been said in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Hey, don't forget, uh, next week is family night. So don't forget that. Uh, we'll be over here in uh, in Fellowship Hall and um